Section 19 of Celebrated Travels and Travelers, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in November 2014. Celebrated Travels and Travelers, Volume 3. The Great Explorers and Travellers of the Nineteenth Century by Jules Verne. First Part, Chapter 3 The Oriental Scientific Movement and American Discoveries. 3. We must now leave Asia and pass in review the various expeditions in the New World which have been sent out in succession since the beginning of the present century. In 1807, when Lewis and Clark were crossing North America from the United States to the Pacific Ocean, the government commissioned a young officer, Lieutenant Zabulon Montgomery Pike, to examine the sources of the Mississippi. He was at the same time to endeavor to open friendly relations with any Indians he might meet. Pike was well received by the chief of the powerful Sioux nation and presented with the pipe of peace, a talisman which secured him the protection of the allied tribes. He ascended the Mississippi, passing the mouths of the Chippeway and St. Peter, important tributaries of that great river. But beyond the confluence of the St. Peter with the Mississippi, as far as the falls of St. Anthony, the course of the main river is impeded by an uninterrupted series of falls and rapids. A little below the 45th parallel of north latitude, Pike and his companions had to leave their canoes and continue their journey in sledges. To the severity of a bitter winter were soon added the tortures of hunger nothing however checked the intrepid explorers who continued to follow the mississippi now dwindled down to a stream only three hundred roods wide and arrived in february at leech lake where they were received with enthusiasm at the camp of some trappers and fur hunters from montreal after visiting red cedar lake pike returned to st louis his arduous and perilous journey had extended over no less than nine months, and although he had not attained his main object, it was not without scientific results. The skill, presence of mind, and courage of Pike were recognized, and the government soon afterwards conferred on him the rank of major, and appointed him to the command of a fresh expedition. This time he was to explore the vast tract of country between the Mississippi and the Rocky Mountains, and to discover the sources of the Arkansas and Red River. With twenty-three companions, Pike ascended the Arkansas, a fine river navigable to the mountains in which it rises, that is to say for a distance of two thousand miles, except in the summer, when its bed is encumbered with sandbanks. On this long voyage, winter, from which Pike had suffered so much on his previous trip, set in with redoubled vigor. Game was so scarce that for four days the explorers were without food. The feet of several men were frost-bitten, and this misfortune added to the fatigue of the others. The major, after reaching the source of the Arkansas, pursued a southerly direction and soon came to a fine stream which he took for the Red River. This was the Rio del Norte, which rises in Colorado, then a Spanish province, and flows into the Gulf of Mexico. 
from what has already been said of the difficulties which humboldt encountered before he obtained permission to enter the spanish possessions in america we may judge with what jealous suspicion the arrival of strangers in colorado was regarded pike was surrounded by a detachment of spanish soldiers made prisoner with all his men and taken to santa fe their ragged garments emaciated forms and generally miserable appearance did not speak much in their favor and the spaniards at first took the americans for savages however when the mistake was recognized they were escorted across the inland provinces to louisiana arriving at nachitoches on the first july eighteen o seven the unfortunate end of this expedition cooled the zeal of the government but not that of private persons merchants and hunters whose numbers were continually on the increase many even completely crossed the american continent from canada to the pacific amongst these travellers we must mention daniel william harmon a member of the northwest company who visited lakes huron and superior rainy lake the lake of the woods manitoba winnipeg athabasca and the great bear lake all between northern latitude forty seven and fifty eight degrees and reached the shores of the pacific the fur company established at astoria at the mouth of the columbia also did much towards the exploration of the rocky mountains four associates of that company leaving astoria in june eighteen twelve ascended the columbia crossed the rocky mountains and following an east-south-east direction reached one of the sources of the platte descended it to its junction with the missouri crossed the district never before explored and arrived at st louis on the thirtieth of may eighteen thirteen in eighteen eleven another expedition composed of sixty men started from st louis and ascended the missouri as far as the settlements of the ricara indians whence they made their way to astoria arriving there at the beginning of eighteen twelve after the loss of several men and great suffering from fatigue and want of food these journeys resulted not only in the increase of our knowledge of the topography of the districts traversed but they also brought about quite unexpected discoveries in the ohio valley between illinois and mexico for instance we found ruins fortifications and entrenchments with ditches and a kind of bastion many of them covering five or six acres of ground what people can have constructed works such as these which denote a civilization greatly in advance of that of the indians is a difficult problem of which no solution has yet been found philologists and historians were already regretting the dying out of the indian tribes who until then had been only superficially observed and lamenting their extinction before their languages had been studied a knowledge of these languages in their comparison with those of the old world might have thrown some unexpected light upon the origin of the wandering tribes footnote the author has evidently not seen bancroft's native races of the pacific an exhaustive work in five volumes published at new york and san francisco a few years ago and which embodies the researches of a number of gentlemen who collected their information on the spot and whose contributions to our knowledge of the past and present life of the indians should certainly not be ignored the translator End of footnote. 
simultaneously with the discovery of the ruins the flora and geology of the country began to be studied and in the latter science great surprises were in store for future explorers it was so important for the american government to proceed rapidly to reconnoitre the vast territories between the united states and the pacific that another expedition was speedily sent out in eighteen nineteen the military authorities commissioned major long to explore the districts between the mississippi and the rocky mountains to trace the course of the missouri and of its principal tributaries to fix the latitude and longitude of the chief places to study the ways of the indian tribes in fact to describe everything interesting either in the aspect of the country or in its animal vegetable and mineral productions leaving pittsburgh on the fifth march eighteen nineteen on board the steamship western engineer the expedition arrived in may of the following year at the junction of the ohio with the mississippi and ascended the latter river as far as st louis on the twenty ninth of june the mouth of the missouri was reached during the month of july mr say who was charged with the zoological observations made his way by land to fort osage where he was joined by the steamer major long turned his stay at fort osage to account by sending a party to examine the districts between the kansas and the platte but this party was attacked robbed and compelled to turn back after losing all their horses after obtaining at cow island a reinforcement of fifteen soldiers the expedition reached fort lisa near council bluff on the nineteenth september there it was decided to winter the americans suffered greatly from scurvy and having no medicines to check the terrible disorder they lost one hundred men nearly a third of the whole party major long who had meanwhile reached washington in a canoe brought back orders for the discontinuation of the voyage up the missouri and for a journey overland to the sources of the platte whence the mississippi was to be reached by way of the arkansas and red river on the sixth of june the explorers left engineers fort as they called their winter quarters and ascended the platte valley for more than a hundred miles its grassy plains frequented by vast herds of bisons and deer supplying them with plenty of provisions those boundless prairies whose monotony is unbroken by a single hillock were succeeded by a sandy desert gradually sloping up for a distance of nearly four hundred miles to the rocky mountains this desert broken by precipitous ravines canyons and gorges at the bottom of which gurgles some insignificant stream its banks clothed with stunted and meagre vegetation produces nothing but cacti with sharp and formidable prickles on the sixth of july the expedition reached the foot of the rocky mountains dr james scaled one of the peaks to which he gave his own name and which rises to a height of eleven thousand five hundred feet above the sea level from the summit of the peak says the botanist the view towards the north west and southwest is diversified with innumerable mountains all white with snow and on some of the more distant it appears to extend down to their bases immediately under our feet on the west lay the narrow valley of the arkansas which we could trace running towards the northwest probably more than sixty miles 
on the north side of the peak was an immense mass of snow and ice to the east lay the great plain rising as it receded until in the distant horizon it appeared to mingle with the sky here the expedition was divided into two parties one under the command of major long to make its way to the sources of the red river the other under captain bell to go down the arkansas as far as portsmouth the two detachments separated on the twenty fourth of july the former misled by the statements of the kaskaya indians and the inaccuracy of the maps took the canadian for the red river and did not discover their mistake until they reached its junction with the arkansas the kaskayas were the most miserable of savages but intrepid horsemen excelling in lassoing the wild mustangs which are descendants of the horses imported into mexico by the spanish conquerors the second detachment was deserted by four soldiers who carried off the journals of say and lieutenant swift with a number of other valuable effects both parties also suffered from want of provisions in the sandy deserts whose streams yield nothing but brackish and muddy water the expedition brought to washington sixty skins of wild animals several thousands of insects including five hundred new species four or five hundred specimens of hitherto unknown plants numerous views of the scenery and the materials for a map of the districts traversed the command of another expedition was given in eighteen twenty eight to major long whose services were thoroughly appreciated leaving philadelphia in april he embarked on the ohio and crossed the state of the same name and those of indiana and illinois having reached the mississippi he ascended that river to the mouth of the st peter formerly visited by carver and later by baron la Hontan. long followed the st peter to its source passing crooked lake and reaching lake winnipeg whence he explored the river of the same name obtained a sight of the lake of the woods and rainy lake and arrived at the plateau which separates the hudson bay valley from that of the st lawrence lastly he went to lake superior by way of cold water lake and dog river although all these districts had been constantly traversed by canadian pathfinders trappers and hunters for many years previously it was the first time an official expedition had visited them with a view to the laying down of a map the explorers were struck with the beauty of the neighborhood watered by the winnipeg that river whose course is frequently broken by picturesque rapids and waterfalls flows between two perpendicular granite walls crowned with verdure the beauty of the scenery succeeding as it did to the monotony of the plains and savannas they had previously traversed filled the explorers with admiration the exploration of the mississippi which had been neglected since pike's expedition was resumed in eighteen twenty by general cass governor of michigan leaving detroit at the end of may with twenty men trained to the work of pathfinders he reached the upper mississippi after visiting lakes huron superior and sandy his exhausted escort halted to rest whilst he continued the examination of the river in a canoe for one hundred fifty miles the course of the mississippi is rapid and uninterrupted 
but beyond that distance begins a series of rapids extending over twelve miles to the Pekgema Falls. Above this cataract, the stream, now far less rapid, winds through vast savannas to Leech Lake. Having reached Lake Winnipeg, Cass arrived on the 21st of July at a new lake, to which he gave his own name, but he did not care to push on farther with his small party of men and inadequate supply of provisions and ammunition. The source of the Mississippi had been approached, but not reached. The general opinion was that the river took its rise in a small sheet of water known as Deer Lake, sixty miles from Cass Lake. Not until 1832, however, when General Cass was Secretary of State for War, was this important problem solved. The command of an expedition was then given to a traveller named Schoolcraft, who had in the previous year explored the Chippeway country, northwest of Lake Superior. His party consisted of six soldiers, an officer qualified to conduct hydrographic surveys, a surgeon, a geologist, an interpreter, and a missionary. Schoolcraft left St. Marie on the 7th of June, 1832, visited the tribes living about Lake Superior, and was soon on the St. Louis River. He was then 150 miles from the Mississippi, and was told that it would take him no less than ten days to reach the great river, on account of the rapids and shallows. On the 3rd of July the expedition reached the factory of a trader named Aitken, on the banks of the river, and there celebrated on the following day the anniversary of the independence of the United States. Two days later Schoolcraft found himself opposite the Paggama Falls, and encamped at Oak Point here the river winds a great deal amongst savannas but guides led the party by paths which greatly shortened the distance lake winnipeg was then crossed and on the tenth of july schoolcraft arrived at lake cass the furthest point reached by his predecessors a party of chippeway indians led the explorers to their settlement on an island in the river the friendliness of the natives led Cass to leave part of his escort with them, and, accompanied by Lieutenant Allen, the surgeon Horton, a missionary, and several Indians, he started in a canoe. Lakes Tosodiac and Crooked were visited in turn. A little beyond the latter, the Mississippi divides into two branches or forks. The guide took schoolcraft up the eastern, and after crossing Lakes Marquette, La Salle, and Kubakana, he came to the mouth of the Naiwa, the chief tributary of this branch of the Mississippi. Finally, after passing the little lake called Usawa, the expedition reached Lake Itasca, whence issues the Itascan, or western branch of the Mississippi. Lake Itasca, or Deer Lake, as the French call it, is only seven or eight miles in extent, and is surrounded by hills clothed with dark pine woods. According to Schoolcraft, it is some 1,500 feet above the sea level, but we must not attach too much importance to this estimate, as the leader of the expedition had no instruments. On their way back to Lake Cass, the party followed the western branch, identifying its chief tributaries. Schoolcraft then studied the ways of the Indians frequenting these districts and made treaties with them. To sum up, 
the aim of the government was achieved and the mississippi had been explored from its mouth to its source the expedition had collected a vast number of interesting details on the manners customs history and language of the people as well as numerous new or little-known species of flora and fauna the people of the united states were not content with these official expeditions and numbers of trappers threw themselves into the new districts most of them being however absolutely illiterate they could not turn their discoveries to scientific account but this was not the case with james patty who has published an account of his romantic adventures and perilous trips in the district between new mexico and new california on his way down the river gila to its mouth patty visited races then all but unknown including the yotans eotas papawans moquis yumeas mohawas and nabahoes with whom but very little intercourse had yet been held on the banks of the rio eotario he discovered ruins of ancient monuments stone walls moats and potteries and in the neighboring mountains he found copper lead and silver mines we owe a curious traveling journal also to dr willard who during a stay of three years in mexico explored the rio del norte from its source to its mouth lastly in eighteen thirty eight captain wyeth and his brother explored oregon and the neighboring districts of the rocky mountains after humboldt's journey in mexico one explorer succeeded another in central america in seventeen eighty seven bernasconi discovered the now famous ruins of palenque in eighteen twenty two antonio del rio gave a detailed description of them illustrated with drawings by frederick waldeck the future explorer of palenque the city of the dead between eighteen o five and eighteen o seven three journeys were successively taken in the province of chiapa and to palenque by captain william dupay and the draftsman castaneda and the result of their researches appeared in eighteen thirty in the form of a magnificent work with illustrations by augustine alio executed at the expense of lord kingsborough lastly waldeck spent the years eighteen thirty two and eighteen thirty three at palenque searching the ruins making plans sections and elevations of the monuments trying to decipher the hitherto unexplained hieroglyphics with which they are covered and collecting a vast amount of quite new information alike on the natural history of the country and the manners and customs of the inhabitants we must also name don juan galindo a spanish colonel who explored palenque utatlan copan and other cities buried in the heart of tropical forests after the long stay made by humboldt in equinoctial america the impulse his explorations would doubtless otherwise have given to geographical science was strangely checked by the struggle of the spanish colonies with the mother country as soon however as the native governments attained to at least a semblance of stability intrepid explorers rushed to examine this world so new in the truest sense for the jealousy of the spanish had hitherto kept it closed to the investigations of scientific men many naturalists and engineers now travelled or settled in south america soon indeed 
that is in eighteen seventeen through eighteen twenty the austrian and bavarian governments sent out a scientific expedition to the command of which they appointed doctors spix and martins who collected a great deal of information on the botany ethnography and geography of these hitherto little-known districts martins publishing at the expense of the austrian and bavarian governments a most important work on the flora of the country which may be looked upon as a model of its kind at the same time the editors of special publications such as maltebrun's annales de voyage and the bulletin de la société de géographie cordially accepted and published all the communications addressed to them including many on brazil and the province of minas gerais about this period too a prussian major-general the prince of wied neuwied who had been at leisure since the peace of eighteen fifteen devoted himself to the study of natural science geography and history undertaking moreover in company with the naturalists frere sis and sello an exploring expedition in the interior of brazil having special reference to its flora and fauna a few years later that is in eighteen thirty six the french naturalist alcide d'orbigny who had won celebrity at a very early age was appointed by the governing body of the museum to the command of an expedition to south america the special object of which was the study of the natural history of the country for eight consecutive years d'orbigny wandered about brazil uruguay the argentine republic patagonia chile bolivia and peru such a journey says dumour in his funeral oration on d'orbigny in countries so different in their productions climate the character of their soil and the manners and customs of their inhabitants was necessarily full of ever-fresh perils d'orbigny endowed with a strong constitution and untiring energy overcame obstacles which would have daunted most travellers on his arrival in the cold regions of patagonia amongst savage races constantly at war with each other he found himself compelled to take part and to fight in the ranks of a tribe which had received him hospitably fortunately for the intrepid student his side was victorious and he was left free to proceed on his journey it took thirteen years of the hardest work to put together the results of d'orbigny's extensive researches his book which embraces nearly every branch of science leaves far behind it all that had ever before been published on south america history archaeology zoology and botany all hold honored positions in it but the most important part of this encyclopedic work is that relating to american man in it the author embodies all the documents he himself collected and analyzes and criticizes those which came to him at second hand on physiological types and on the manners languages and religions of south america a work of such value ought to immortalize the name of the french scholar and reflect the greatest honor on the nation which gave him birth end of section nineteen